Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, Bungie? That's Carl. I'm at him at the laundry man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including showbiz news, classic radio shows, movie reviews, trivia contests, and celebrity interviews. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure on Escape. But it's time now to play our game, Stump the Host. Lisa Wolf will test my knowledge of classic radio by asking me a bevy of questions on the subject. For every question I answer correctly, you'll hear that. For every question I answer incorrectly, you'll hear that annoying sound. And one listener will help me answer questions and win prizes. Lisa, please say hello to our Hollywood 360 listener contestant. Absolutely. We have Allison online from Portland, Maine. Hi, Allison. Hello. Hi. Hi. We're glad you're with us. Hi, Allison. I'm a big fan of old radio, mostly the mystery and detective show. Oh, great. So she knows her stuff. Awesome. Well, I hope so. Well, you know, I'll be here to help you out. Lisa will ask the questions, and uh, don't worry. If you don't know them, I'll be there as your lifeline, and we'll try to beat Lisa. Here we go. All right. We're great. starting off with not a mystery or a detective. Okay. <laughs> Just to get things out of the way here. Okay, guys. What Western hero had a wonder horse named Tony? Oh, boy. Um... Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know that one. I don't think. Um. Was it? Was it Roy Rogers? No. It was not. Which one was it? It was Tom Mix. Oh, Tom <laughs> Mix. Tom Mix. All right. Tom so Mix. Lisa's on the board. All right. She knows okay. I don't know the horses. That's it's why true. she does that. Every now and then you got to throw not in good, a zinger. I'm not good with the horses. Right, Allison. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can't make it too easy on him. Yeah, I All dated right. a girl one time. Looked like a horse. I bet. Just but, once. You know. Just yeah, once. Just once. <laughs> Okay. You know, but, right. uh, you know. All right. Hey. Um, and Tom Mix, his elderly sidekick and ranch hand, was known as who? Oh, Do man. you know Tom Mix? Tom Mix. Yeah, I know. He played him. Curly, Bra- Curly Bradley played him on the radio. But, uh, but his... that wasn't the question. I know. Right, okay. Do I get anything for no, that? No, I'm sorry. Um, Gabby Hayes, but that was a different show. Nah, it's a different one. Um, so his, so can I have it again? His elderly sidekick and ranch the old, hand. The old ranger. Yes, the old wrangler. You wrangler, get it. Wrangler, yeah, the old that wrangler. That is correct. I was going to say grain, drink, granger, but granger. okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, Lisa has one and Allison has one. That was great, Carl. Oh, thanks. All right. Thanks, Lisa. I think you're going to know this one, Allison. Who was the sponsor of Tom Corbett Space Cadet? Oh, boy. Ah. Was that tough? Yeah, that's what I know. Tom, yeah. What is it? Tom Corbett Space Cadet. Oh, I think right. I know this one. I think uh, was it was it uh, like a Kellogg's Pep or something like it Kellogg's was Kellogg's Pep. Kellogg's, it was. Yes, it, it was Kellogg's Pep. It was. Wow. <laughs> what <laughs> is wrong with my brain? I can't answer that. It's very warped. <laughs> yes, All right. Indeed. So yes, Allison, indeed. we're doing okay. Okay. All right, guys. Who? Yeah, you, you, you're good. Who created and wrote Vic and Sade? Mm. You know. You know this one. 
Paul Reimer. Yes, yes, yes. That is right. Way to go, Allison. Oh, wow. Okay, since you know about Vic and Sade, what was the character name of their adopted son? Oh, Vic and Sade. Rush. Yes, it was Rush. This woman knows her stuff. <laughs> you are Way absolutely right. Way to go, right. Allison. Well, okay, one more for you, Allison. Okay. Where did the three of them live? Oh, boy. Um, that one I'm not sure about. They lived in Illinois somewhere. They well, lived it was in, a rural, rural town yeah, somewhere in Illinois, um, but that's not in, what I'm actually okay, looking they for. They lived in... Um, There's a quote. That they, yeah. that they, oh, they had the house halfway down the block. Yes, that's halfway, it. The yeah. small house halfway, halfway up, up in the, the next block. block. Okay. Okay. Allison <laughs> knew it. She knew it. That was fantastic. Wow, way to go. These are not easy. Yeah, I no, know they're not. They're I don't want to make them too easy for him. For you, Allison, I would do it. For Carl, not so much. Okay, it's such a unique show, if you can say. Yeah, really, <laughs> really true. good, yes. All right. The whistle is your signal for the signal oil program. What? The whistler. What pro- the whistler. She's yeah. got it. I love that show. I love that show. All right, then let's stick with the whistler, Allison. Who composed the signature theme that was whistled at the beginning and the end? Ooh. Ah. Gee, I don't know. I think I know this. If I know this, this is really going to be sad for me that <laughs> I was such you know, a nerd as a kid. Do you know it, Allison? I think, no, I don't think, I think okay. it was, was it Wilbur Hatch? Indeed, that was. Oh. Wow. <laughs> that That's pretty know. scary. I, I actually feel sorry for myself. I feel, we all, we all feel sorry for you, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mal, listen to this. Now, who whistled these 37 notes mm-hmm. for 13 years? Yeah. Oh, it was a woman. I'm yep. not sure of that, but I don't know, I don't know the name. Uh, so we're a good team because it was a woman. Oh, and wait, wait, her... let, let me give her a hint. I know what it is. I know you do, but oh. I'm talking to Allison. Okay. <laughs> okay. Allison, if I tell you her first name, would you know it? If I told you her name was Dorothy? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, so what is it, it was Carl? Roberts. Dorothy Roberts. Okay. Did you know it was 37 notes? Probably. Okay. All right, so all right. we're we're doing really I can't well. Oh, I can't whistle at all. We're doing really well. We're doing either, really Allison. really well. Okay. Hang on a second. Okay. There, I can whistle. See, there's a good whistle for you. Not Are bad. you whistling at Allison? Yeah, <laughs> I am. But she's all the way in Portland, Maine. That's a long way away from here. Yes, so. it is. It's just eh. a plane ride away, though. What are you gonna do? A couple of hours. That's yeah, true. <laughs> Only a plane ride away. A couple hours. Okay. Pretty much anywhere is just a plane ride away. That's true. You think true. about it. That's true. Okay, so uh, you got any more? I sure do. All right. Uh, what program opened with the announcer Fred Collins delivering a countdown for blast off? <laughs> we just, I know. We just played one. I didn't one. know that. One. Yes, I didn't know that we were playing one when I wrote this. Yeah, because you don't look at the uh, stuff I no, email you. I I am Lisa, the early bird gets Lisa's the worm. Lisa's too busy no, I to look wrote at this, the stuff I do true. for the show and send to her. I She's probably like, ah, Carl sent this. I wrote what do this I need to look before, at this for? And that's true, too. True. I do like those shows, Dimension X. And yeah, They're those really are great. So well written they really are. Yeah. yeah. All okay. right. Uh, we have time for like one or two more. All Lisa. right. Let, this is a good one. What famous writer wrote the episode titled Mars is Heaven? Okay. Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. She knows. One of my favorite writers. Me too. We have one. Can we do one more question? One question. Okay, Allison, you're going to know this one then too. What famous writer wrote the episode titled Nightfall? Uh, Isaac Asimov. And she's a winner. My gosh. I am blown away, Allison. Way to go. You're amazing. Lisa only got one. And uh, Allison got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven to one. 
Wow, Allison. My uh, crabby brother will send you some fun prizes, okay? Yeah, thank you. Thanks. So much fun playing the game with you. When You're we come terrific. back, it's I a love the show. I love the show. Thank you. When we come back, it's escape. Stick around. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. Hello. I'm going to clean out my ears now because the music just knocked my uh, earballs ear out. Yeah. It's like that's the thing between your ear and your eye is your earballs. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah. Okay. No, I'll tell you what. That was, wow, some loud music there. You're well, sensitive. Escape. <laughs> premiered, Lisa, in 1947. Did you know that? Yes, I did. And it was one of radio's best anthology series, promising and delivering stories of high-quality mystery drama and intrigue. Escape offered listeners just that, an escape from life's everyday grind, freeing you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Like its first cousin's suspense, Escape stories involved protagonists in life-or-death situations and featured radio's finest writers, directors, producers, and actors. It enjoyed an eight-year run, bowing out in 1954. Now, here's the deal, Lisa. Escape, one of the best shows on radio. Absolutely tremendous show. For some strange reason, it didn't have a sponsor. It just had sporadic sponsors here and there. But, like, uh, Suspense was always sponsored for the most part. It had Roma Wines, Autolite, and uh, what was the other one? Roma Wines, Autolite... I think and, they just um, need a new marketing team. <laughs> let, me, let me think. There was one other sponsor that uh, that Suspense had for a while. But Escape really never yeah. had a sponsor for a, for a while, I think, Richfield Oil. But uh, it was a terrific series. This is a great episode, The Adaptive Ultimate. It stars Edgar Barrier. And it was heard uh, March 26, 1949. Here's part one now of Escape. Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape. Escape, transcribed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are standing outside a room, horror gripping you. While before your eyes, seen through the transom window, the most beautiful girl in the world is about to die. Because of you. Today we escape from reality with a fascinating story of a girl who lived a weird second life. As John Jessel told it in his gripping story, The Adaptive Ultimate. No, Daniel, I can't do it. You have a very interesting theory, it's but... It's more than a theory, Dr. Bach. I've proved it. It works. I tried my serum on tubercular guinea pigs and it cured them. They adapted themselves to the tubercular bacillus and live. <laughs> I tried my serum on a dog with rabies. He adapted himself, too. I tried it on a cat with a broken spine. The cat instantly adapted itself to its injury so that the spine had time to knit and heal. Don't you see what a tremendous discovery this is? Yes, perhaps. Well, think what that would mean in accident cases. There'd be no further need for emergency surgery. Don't you see that? <laughs> no matter what the condition, the injury to the body, a mere injection of my serum would permit the patient instantly to adapt himself to his condition... And live. No matter what is injury. Exactly. A serum made from insects. From a common fruit fly. The most adaptable of living organisms. Tear off a wing and it grows a new one. Tear off its head even. Stick on a new head and that too will adhere in time. Think of imparting that same adaptability to human beings. <laughs> to grow new heads, it has merit. Oh, now please, Dr. Barker. All right, all right. No, seriously. 
I know this may be a great thing, but to permit you to experiment on a human being, no, I The most I hopeless can't. case you can find, Dr. Bach. Someone already doomed. Well, if someday I discover in the hospital a hopeless case, understand it will be hopeless. I understand. And if the patient shall consent, then you will have your human guinea pig. Well, Dr. Scott, you requisitioned for yourself a hopeless case. Permit me. Mm. Here is your guinea pig. Mm. What is it, Dr. Bach? TB? Yeah, final stage. A matter of hours at most. Mm. Mm. She might have been attractive once, but now, hair like string, skinny like a skeleton, and flesh like wax. Dr. Bach, you call this a fair test? I said hopeless, but I didn't say a corpse. The lady is returning to life, mm -hmm. such as it is. Well, Dr. Scott, I regret I have not a more palatable subject for your experiment, but this is what I promised, a hopeless case. It's all right, I'll try it. Oh, what's her name? Let me see, it's on the chart here. Uh, Zelas. What was that? Her name is Kira Zelas. Oh. Young lady. Mm-hmm. Permit me, I am Dr. Hermann Bach, chief of the staff. And I would like to introduce one of our promising young doctors. He wants a, a date, I suppose. Miss Zalas. Hello, brown eyes. What? Your eyes are brown, aren't they? Miss Zalas, you see, I've perfected a serum. I like brown eyes. This, um, this serum might help you, but it has never been tried on a human being before. I... Well, I thought if you have no objection... What are the odds? Odds? Well, actually, you've everything to gain. And nothing to lose. Well. How right you are. Okay. I'm... I'm all yours, brown eyes. Go ahead. Experiment away. Dr. Bach, prepare her arm. Twenty-four hours and she is yet alive. I would have said yesterday it would be impossible she should survive the night. So it is now forty-eight hours and she actually seems better. But miracles such as this have happened before and without serums. And she still lives. Each day she becomes better. It is miraculous. The spots on her lungs are disappearing. Her coughing is stopped. There is no sign of bacillus in the culture. But even more amazing, her reaction to abrasions, skin punctures. Yesterday I took a blood specimen. Before I had one cc, the puncture in her skin had closed. Yes, in 30 seconds. The ordinary person, it takes a day, two days for it to heal. With Miss Kira Zelas, 30 seconds. It is amazing. Then I will not dispute it. Your serum has worked a miracle. She is cured. And now I must just discharge her from the hospital. Well, oh, Dr. Bach, you know, I... You had forgotten that time must come sometime, hmm? But you see, I must. She is cured, and we need the room. Well, yes. Yes, I know, but... 
Well, well, she should be under observation. We don't know what effects will show up. I think, Daniel, you have an extraordinary interest in Miss Zelas. I have asked her to come here. She is outside. Shall we invite her in? Yes, of course. Send in Miss Zelas, please. Now, observe well your miracle. Uh, Miss Zelas, come in, come in, sit down. Thanks. Oh, hello, brown eyes. Hello, Kira. I have sent for you, Miss Zelas, because I have good news. Today I am discharging you from the hospital. Oh? Yeah? Today you are free to go. That pleases you? Madly. Kira, you have people, perhaps? A family? Aren't we all brothers and sisters under the skin? Miss Zelas, I will come to the point. I wish to make you a proposition. I mean purely a scientific... Yes, I know. An experiment. Precisely. We are interested, Dr. Scott and I, to observe the further effects of the serum he gave you. Yes. I will pay you board and room and $30 a week. You will live at my house. I have a housekeeper, Mrs. Getz. She will look after you. Is that satisfactory? Wouldn't I be a fool to say no? Excellent, excellent. Does uh, Brown Eyes live there too? No, but Dr. Scott will continue to have a... Clinical interest in the experiment, Miss Zelas. Have no fear. Good. Yes. Well, it is now almost time for dinner. I will take you, Miss Zelas. You will join us, Dr. Scott? Oh, yes, fine, Dr. Bach. Very well. We shall meet outside in, what, ten minutes? That'll do me nicely. Miss Zelas, you wish to wait here or maybe outside? A little I... fresh air? I think I could use a little air. Good. There is a little park across the street. You will find benches there to rest. We will meet at the front entrance in ten minutes. Some sort of commotion across the street in the park. Oh. Where is Kira? Well, I, I thought she'd be here with you. Perhaps she is still over there in the park. What do you suppose? Come on! Like the park. It is Kira. Kira, let, let me through, please. Let, Kira, let us through, please. Officer, what's happened? What is this? Why are you holding this lady? You know this woman? Yes, of course. What is it? What's the matter here? Plenty. Your lady friend here merely walks up to an old gent about 60 or so, picks up a nice hefty rock and beats his brains up. Officer, there must be some awful mistake. Yeah, her mistake. Cold-blooded murder. Come on, sister. There's the wagon. But, Officer, uh, listen. You'd better come along, too, mister. Mona Lisa here don't seem to be much in the mood for talking. We'll need someone to tell the desk sergeant her name. This is terrible seeing you here like this. I, I've got to get you out of here. I've got to help you. She is not so bad when you're here. Well, listen, this, this is all a terrible mistake. If you'll tell me what... Mistake? Why, why, yes, of course. You... Kira, you, you, you didn't kill that man. If I said yes, what would you do? Why, why I, I'd tell him you weren't responsible. I, I'd tell him about the serum. I'd, I'd tell him it was my fault that, that somehow the serum I gave you caused your mind to, to snap something. That well, that would be the only explanation. You'd do this. Ruin your career, no doubt. Just to save me. Oh, yes, of course I would. And what would they do to me? I, I don't know exactly. Put you away under observation. Something. Kira, we... Then my answer's no. I did not kill the man. Oh, don't worry. I won't be convicted. I'll take care of myself very well. I'll, as you say, adapt myself to the situation. 
Lisa, all four classic radio shows broke on music on this edition of Hollywood 360. Yeah, That's a record. A, yeah, this is a big day. Wow. That is a world record. We ought to celebrate. Yeah, We're let's do that. We're always looking for a reason. That <laughs> is the first portion of the Adaptive Ultimate from Escape from March 26, 1949, starring Edgar Barrier. Terrific cast in this. Stacey Harris, uh, along with Lawrence Dobkin, Elsie Holmes, and Ann Morrison. Roy Rowan doing the announcing on this is heard on CBS. We'll get back to Escape in just a few minutes. I want to remind our listeners that we have a podcast of this show, so if you miss any show, any Hollywood 360 show, if you want vacation, or if the radio station you're listening to doesn't play all four hours, all you have to do is go to our website, which is Hollywood360radio.com, and every Monday we put the show up from the following week. So you have it on Monday, brand new show. You'll have it for seven days to tune in, and the following Monday we replace it with the new show. But we have a bonus hour of classic radio on there as well. You get the full four-hour Hollywood 360 plus a bonus hour of classic radio. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com, and the podcast is right there on the home page. All right, so uh, Joaquin Phoenix is the birthday boy. Here is a movie he starred in from 2005. It's a biography drama musical. When I was just a baby... My mama told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. All right, you got it, Lisa? Oh, I got it. All right, it. give us a call, toll-free, 855-360-H360. That's the number to call, 855-360-H360. Identify that movie, win some fabulous prizes. Call now, phone lines are open. We'll be right back. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, we're back, and it is time for uh, this clip again, 2005 biography drama musical. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. That's not a good idea. Yeah, you don't want to do that. All right, Lisa, let's go to our phone lines and talk with Ellen out in Clearwater, Florida. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Good. How are you, Carl? Doing good. Lisa, how are you doing? Hi, Ellen. Good to hear from you. All oh, right. Get from Carl? Yeah, she gets lots of headaches from me. She what? actually said yeah. you actually said you had a headache today. No, I didn't want to have a headache. Oh. No, I'm not a headache person. You know, you got to just be on your toes with this guy. I thought my voice was soothing her headache, but I guess not, right, Ellen? <laughs> Yeah. He's not soothing, is he? Alan? Do I give all of our listeners a headache out there? Man, you know, if so, then Bayer and, Bayer, uh, and Tylenol should be a sponsor of mine. Yeah, May- but see, we get to hear all the good stories. Yes. You two have to listen to each other. Yeah, this That's is right. True. Yeah, which is which is absolutely brutal for me. Oh, Let me just awful. tell you. I got to tell you. All right, Alan, do you know this movie? Uh, yes, I do. It's Walk the Line. You're absolutely right, which means you're Johnny a big Cash, winner. Uh, June Carter Cash. Yes, yes, yes. You are a winner, Ellen. You're going to get some fun prizes, okay? Oh, thank you, and tell uh, your brother he's not crabby. Yeah, I'll tell him, but believe me, he is. Trust me on this one. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for calling, Ellen. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, hon. Take care. Take there. care. Uh, she knew it, Lisa. She knew it. And uh, here's a little trivia for you, all right? 
So Joaquin Phoenix played Johnny Cash, of course, Reese Witherspoon, June Carter. They performed all the songs themselves yeah. and uh, without any dubbing. They also learned to play their instruments, the, the, the guitar and auto harp, respectively, from scratch. Isn't that amazing? It really is. Uh, I have no musical abilities at all. I know. None whatsoever. I know. Can't even play the, uh, <laughs> the no, harmonica. harmonica. <laughs> hey, we both I said harmonica. I can't play any musical instrument. I can't sing. And so but I'm just. You uh, do know a heck of a lot about classic radio. Yeah. That, so, well, it got me this gig. That's so, right. So, I mean, there you go. All right, let's get back to Escape. All right, now, Mr. Salvatore, continue. Tell the court in your own words precisely what happened. This old man, you see, is buying circus peanuts from me every day. For months, every day. And this one day, he pulled out his pocketbook, his billfold, and I'm a look, it's a stuff with the bills. The big money. He says, Salvatore, can I make a change for $20? And I'm a laugh. I'm a say, Mister, I'm a peanut man. You take the peanuts and you pay me tomorrow. He said, thank you very much. He turned around and then here's this damn she pick up all. Oh, it's a great big stone and a conks him. It's a murder. I object, Your Honor. Objection sustained. Continue, Mr. Salvatore. Oh, there's nothing more to say. This is them. She bend over and she reach in his pocket to take the money. I'm a grab of people who come, a police who come and a Mr. Salvatore, can you describe this young lady to us? Oh, she... I remember her very well. She's... She's skinny... She's ain't no beauty, you know. You got the black suit, the brown hair, eyes, uh, don't know, dark, you know, maybe brown or blue. Thank you, Mr. Salvatore. Your witness. (laughs) Mr. Salvatore, you say that the young lady, the assailant, had brown hair and dark eyes? She, brown hair, dark blue eyes. And do you see the young lady in the courtroom? Oh, see, she's a sit right to... What's the matter, Mr. Salvatore? Are you pointing at Miss Zalis? See? May I ask the defendant to rise, please? Miss Zalis, will you kindly remove your hat, please? Dr. Bach, look. Her hair, it's, it's become the color of aluminum. Your Honor, I submit that this defendant does not possess dark hair, nor, if you will observe, dark eyes. I am prepared, therefore, to submit a lock of her hair to be tested by any chemist the court may appoint to prove that the pigmentation is entirely natural. Now, Mr. Salvatore, do you still say that this is the young lady you saw in the park? Uh, I think she's... uh, Is she? Mamma mia, no! Good Lord, Dr. Bach, that hair of hers. Did you see it? It was the color of aluminum. She was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And so she has been acquitted. They call her innocent. Daniel, I am a convert to your great principle of adaptability. But where will it end? You start with an ideal, and you wake up to discover you have created a monster. But she was acquitted. It was all a mistake. You really believe that? 
Dr. Bach. Yes, Mrs. Chris? She is here, Doctor. She? That woman in the newspaper. Ah. Kira is here? You said she was so poor, such a church mouse. Ah, you should see her. What do you mean, Mrs. Gates? So fine, so great a lady. I'll, uh, I'll go and talk to her, Dr. Bach. Hello, brown eyes. Hello, Kira. Aren't you glad to see me? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Oh, congratulations on your acquittal today. We were there. I know. I sensed it. I was hurt that you didn't come up and congratulate me. Well, there were photographers and I... Well, Kira, your hair, it's black again. Isn't it always? Don't you like it? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. It's beautiful. And I beautiful. Brown eyes. Very, very beautiful. And are you happy to have me back? Hmm. I always did like brown eyes. Kira. Tell me, how do you like my new clothes? My gown? Why, it's very nice. Nice? It's exquisite. I have a whole new wardrobe, hats, shoes. Well, how, Kira? Where did you get the money? Money? You only had three dollars when you left the hospital. Oh. <laughs> so I did. Kira. Kira, you did take that wallet from the old man. Well, naturally. You... You... You did murder him. Certainly. Oh, come. Don't look so shocked. Oh, I'm tired, brown eyes. You'll excuse me if I appropriate Dr. Bach's room. Good night. Dr. Bach, we've got to do something. Yes, Daniel, we do. I haven't slept a wink all night trying to think of what we can do. I've been here in the laboratory all night. I think I know. What? This serum of yours, it has accomplished a miracle, yeah. It is the adaptive ultimate. Changes that take the ordinary person days or months, she accomplishes instantly. She walks into the sunlight, she is tan. She walks out, she is pale again. When she is in danger, she adapts. She could survive the electric chair, the hangman's noose. She was in danger in the courtroom. She adapted. She changed her whole appearance at will, so she could not be identified. Yes, I know, I know. Oh, you must not blame yourself. You could not know what you were creating. Now, this morning, I operated on one of your guinea pigs. I found this. The pineal gland hypertrophied. That is what causes it. Well, then, then we could operate and... And maybe change her back. Yeah, but she can adapt to anything, anesthesia included. How can we operate? Unless we get her consent? Well, perhaps... Oh, you are dreaming, Daniel. Do you really think she will consent now? Now that she has power? Perhaps more power than any human being ever possessed before. Power for evil. And she has already killed one man, remember? But if we watched her, Doctor, kept her under guard... Yeah, yeah, again, Pygmalion falls in love with his Galatea. No, Daniel, no. She must be destroyed. We must perform surgery at once. Well, she'll die. She will go back to what she was, with but a few hours to live. It is best, Daniel. Yes, I suppose so. Yes? Yes, Mrs. Getz? Hmm? Oh. Okay. What is it, Dr. Bach? 
And so perhaps she is also telepathic. She sensed what we were about to do, and now it is too late. What do you mean? Miss Zelas is gone. Disappeared. Dr. Buck, did you call for me? Yeah, Daniel. Have you seen the evening paper yet? No, not yet. Then here, after two months, there is news of our Miss Kira Zelas. What? Let me see that. Where? Oh, the surprise of the evening was the appearance of John Kellen, ambassador-at-large, diplomat extraordinary, the man slated to head the forthcoming World Atomic Energy Control Commission. Mr. Callan, one of Washington's confirmed bachelors, squired the... the gorgeous Kira Zalus. You see? She has become gorgeous, our drab little urchin. Miss Zalus, the dazzling beauty who affects a dark wig by day and a white one at night. A great power of adaptability, courtesy of Dr. Daniel Scott. Dark by day, white by night. Well, what are we going to do, Doctor? Do? The world atomic energy control, the one real hope of world peace. Kira isn't interested in peace. What can we do? Surgery, I know, but politics? We must wait and see. We must wait and see how far your mad woman will go. Washington is agog with rumors about the romance between glamorous Kira Zalis and John Callan, the newly appointed head of the World Atomic Energy Control, one of the most powerful political figures on the globe. John Callan leaves tomorrow for the crucial atomic energy conferences at Geneva, Switzerland. And sailing on the same boat as the exotic Miss Kira Zalis, with whom his name has been frequently linked. Rumor has it Miss Zalis acts as a sort of unofficial assistant to Mr. Callan, thus making her one of the most important women in the world. Glamorous, exotic, of such fragile stuff is world peace fashioned these days, Daniel. I wonder what she intends to... Somebody calling at dinner time? Oh, sit still, Dr. Buck. I'll see who it is. Yes? Uh, Kira. Hello, Brown Eyes. May I come in? Why, yes, of course. Oh-ho! Our exotic guinea pig, hmm? Good evening, Dr. Bach. I'm not intruding. Of course not. You're very kind. John and I... You've read about Mr. Callan? Oh, yes, yes. We're leaving for Europe tomorrow for the conferences in Switzerland. Yes. He had a series of meetings to attend tonight, so I told him I would stay here. You're staying here? I took the liberty of saying you were my uncle, Dr. Buck. Oh. John will call for me in the morning on his way to the airport. We're leaving at eight. I do hope I'm not too late for dinner. Not at all. In fact, we're very happy to have you here, aren't we, Dr. Scott? Kira. Hello, Brown Eyes. What are you doing out here in the garden? Waiting for you. You knew I'd follow you? Of course. Have you missed me? You know I have. Oh, Kira, listen to me... Do you love this John Callan? When I want love, I'll come to you, brown eyes. Well, then why? What is it, money? Money? I don't need money anymore. What does an empress need with money? Empress? That's what you've made me. The most powerful woman the world's ever known. John Callan. He's supposed to be important. But in my hands, he's clay to be molded as I wish. Do you see what that means? Yes, I see. 
You hold the fate of the world in your hands. Exactly. To do with as I want. And I shall. Would you like to rule the world with me, brown eyes? Kira, you're evil. What is good? What's evil? Come here, brown eyes. Look at me. And forget such things. Are you asleep, Dr. Bach? Sleep? Who can sleep? Kira's insane, Doctor. Do you know what she's planning to do? I heard. Oh. Maybe, maybe we could get to this Callum. And then what? Well, if, if we could talk to him, tell him... Tell him, tell him what? Didn't I talk to you? Would you listen? Where is she? Oh, she's gone to sleep. I tell you, there's only one remedy, surgery. It is the only hope. But she'll never consent to surgery, Dr. Bach, and she's probably immune to anesthesia. Maybe not. Maybe not all anesthesia. What? Downstairs in my laboratory, I have a tank of ethyl chloride. You mean operate here tonight? Yeah, tonight. Right here, where she sleeps. All right, then. Now stop staring down at her. Pour the anesthesia onto the cone. Hurry. That ought to be enough to anesthetize an elephant. Onto the face, quickly. All right. Then, tightly, hold the... I'm trying. I'm trying. She's forcing my hands. I I can't hold her. She's too strong. I... Fools. Did you think you could make me unconscious? You... You were going to operate on me. Is that what you were planning? Or were you going to slit my throat with that scalpel? Look. Kira, don't! There. You see? I plunge your knife into my heart. I withdraw it. And the wound is healed. Now, go away, both of you. I want to sleep. John will be calling for me at eight. in the morning. Two and a half hours more and she will leave and the world will be one step nearer chaos. We are scientists, Dan. We have a responsibility to civilization. We must find a way to destroy this... Carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, It's a fundamental biological law. No human can survive in its own waste product. Carbon dioxide is a human waste. Dr. Bach, if we could fill the room where she's sleeping with carbon dioxide, she'd become unconscious. You could operate, then. Who are you calling? The hospital. I will have them send over two tanks of carbon dioxide. Do you think it should work, then? We must try anything. Hello, this is Dr. Bach. Let me talk to surgery. Now hurry, it is an emergency. The tube is ready. You sealed the crack under the door? Yes. You closed the window? Yes. All right. Let us start the gas. Well, then, through the transom above the bedroom door, you will be able to observe her reactions. You placed the lighted candle inside the room? Yes, Doctor. I left the candle on the table. Uh, Observe it carefully. All right. When it goes out... Your Miss Kira Zelas should be unconscious. Then, 
Can you see inside the room from up there? Yes, Doctor. Candle is flickering, Doctor. Wait. No, it's still flickering. It, it's just gone out, Doctor. Excellent. It means there is now a concentration of 8 or 10% carbon dioxide. The average person would long since be dead. Doctor. Yeah, then, what? Oh, just a minute. Yes, yes. She's breathing much more quickly now, convulsively. Ah, Jane's still breathing. She... She's opening her eyes now. What? She's... She's getting up. Getting up? She's staggering. Holding her throat, Doctor. Moving toward the door. (laughs) She's trying to unlock the... So, so. She's seen me. She... She's trying to... Well, well, well. What is it? She's collapsed. It's over. Yes? How do you do, Dr. Bach? I'm John Callan. John Oh, Yes, yes, of course. Come in. I haven't taken you away from anything. Oh, no, no. We were performing some surgery, my associate and I. I I have a miniature surgery here for emergencies, and we have just finished. Is that the patient on the table? Uh, Yeah, yes. Is she... Yes, she is dead. Too bad. Seepy-looking creature, wasn't she? She was a charity case. Well, I, I won't keep you. Is uh, Kira here? No, she she changed her plans. She said there were some things she wished to do and she would meet you at the airport. Well, that's a woman's prerogative, isn't it, changing plans? <laughs> yes. I'd better get a move on, then. Nice to see you, Doctor. I, I hope we'll meet again when I return from Europe. Yes, that will be nice, Mr. Callan. And good luck on your mission. Well, thank you, sir. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Well, Daniel, maybe we will get some sleep now. Then. Huh? Oh, I'm... I'm sorry, Doctor. I, I was daydreaming. She's lovely, isn't she? Lovely. Yeah, then lovely. May she always be in your memory. Escape is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Today, we have presented transcribed The Adaptive Ultimate by John Jessel, adapted for radio by Chet Spurgeon and Herb Futran, with editorial supervision by John Dunkel, starring Edgar Barrier as Dr. Bach and Stacey Harris as Dan Scott. Featured in the cast were Elsie Holmes, Frank Gerstel, Larry Dobkin, Tom Charlesworth, and Anne Morrison. Special music was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Be sure to tune in at this same time next week, when once again we offer you... Escape. This is Roy Rowan speaking for CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that is Escape with the Adaptive Ultimate, starring Edgar Barrier, going back to March 26, 1949. That's heard on CBS. Uh, Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. Well, Lisa, that said, another one in the books. Uh, good job. Nice <laughs> good job, job, Lisa Wolf. Thanks, Carl. Wow, that means a lot coming Way from you. Way to go, Lisa Wolf. All right, so next week it's our Halloween show. 
We're going to have some fun stuff. Jack Benny Halloween show. We'll have the mysterious traveler, suspense, and lights out. All right, for my co-host, Lisa Wolf, executive producer, Mike Costella, national movie critic, Sarah Adamson, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari. Thanks all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Hollywood 360 with host Carl Amari is brought to you by Reader's Digest. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website.